0: Welcome everybody, this is the Empty Brass Podcast, and I'm CJ Boxrude, the host. If you're new here, or if you've listened to every episode, please make sure that you are subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on, as well as leaving a review out of five stars and a comment within that review. Nothing helps me out more, nothing supports the podcast better than doing those two things. If you've already done it, then go to a different platform and do the same thing. As always, this podcast is sponsored, and it's brought to you by No Sweat. No Sweat has liners that go in your hats and your helmets to keep your sweat off your eyes and on your optics and downrange. For more, check out nosweatco.com now. The more you think about something, the harder it becomes to ignore. If I mention recoil management or muzzle rise, for example, suddenly you've thought about it, right? See how Atlas Perfect Zero changes the recoil and muzzle rise conversation altogether at atlasgunworks.com forward slash perfect zero. We're also sponsored by Mac Defense. MacDefense has a cool, amazing new comp out. It's going to be revolutionary. Uh, It's threadless. It's self-timing. And if you live in a communist state like California or Massachusetts, you can legally have this comp on your gun because it doesn't have threads. I'm not a lawyer, so don't hold me to that, but it sounds great. The comp is going to really change Glocks uh, generation three through five. So make sure you check out everything that he's got to offer over at MacDefenseIndustries.com. Uh, this episode with Chad and Charles uh, took a little while for me to get it out, and that was because I uh, recorded myself an editing nightmare. I didn't have uh, the third mic on. This has happened before. I really tried to do my due diligence in uh, in cleaning it up as best I could. I also got some static runs for about seven seconds in three different spots. Uh, then I ended up having to cut some audio. Uh, I didn't think it was. Uh, it really took away from the overall thought. Uh, I had to I'd be careful that I wasn't removing uh, any of the the context. Uh, But overall, I think it turned out well. I apologize for it taking so long uh, to get out to you guys. Uh, But without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Charles and Chad out in Tennessee at the T-Rex headquarters.
1: What's going on, everybody? You're on another episode of Empty Brass, and I'm your host, CJ Boxrude. Today, I've got two of the T-Rex media guys with me, and I'm humbled to talk to them and honored to talk to them a little bit about how media Uh, plays a big part in gun advocacy but uh i've got chad and charles thanks for being with me today guys appreciate it yeah man thanks for having us yeah Yeah. Uh, so charles guys, start with you a little bit how did you come into shooting and then how did you come into videography and beyond
2: right so my uh my dad was into guns growing up so he taught me about firearms and um and taught me how to use guns, and, and so over the years collected them. Um, not necessarily in the... He didn't collect a whole lot of uh, antiques, per se, but just uh, interesting firearms that he found uh, throughout the years. And um, so I grew up loving guns, um, but really didn't start shooting that much until... Um, or, or really at all until I got started with T-Rex, uh, which was um, in 2013, uh, or very, which was a couple of months after Lucas started it. He had me come on and take some photos uh, for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so always been interested in guns. Um, and then the camera stuff, I got interested in that um, a little bit earlier. I uh, grew up shooting events and um, did a lot of travel photography and photojournalism and um, produced, the, you know, I'd film advance concerts and uh, different things, make fun home videos and stuff. Um, but then that kind of kind of morphed into the, the gun stuff when uh, Lucas brought me on.
1: Is most of your skill self-taught then? Yes. Okay, so you learned all that on your own? Yeah,
2: pretty much 100%. uh, Just figuring out stuff on my own, uh, learning from friends, watching YouTube videos.
1: That's pretty impressive that it's all self-taught. I'm I'm, uh, I'm shocked, actually. I thought (laughs) maybe you went somewhere at some time, but uh, Chad, what about you? How'd you get into shooting and videography?
3: Oh, geez. Well... (laughs) I'll start with the with the gun stuff but um, I was probably like growing up I didn't really have any interests in firearms or anything my family you know my dad was a hunter but um, he kind of gave that up uh, when I was born so I just didn't I didn't grow up with any of that stuff um, and then it wasn't until I was about 26 27 is when I started like gaining interest in, in firearms just for self defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually went out and bought it was like a twenty two forty five light, a Ruger twenty two forty five. And <laughs> looking back now I'm like, wow that was a terrible purchase because the gun store clerk or whatever, the associate, was just trying to sell me you know s- something <laughs> like he didn't have any knowledge like oh you should actually probably just try and get a nine mil he was like well since you're starting you should just get a 22 and yada yada and i didn't know anything at the time but
1: what sparked you going to get it in the first place
3: um well i had originally been looking at shotguns for home defense okay and um I just walked into a random gun store one day, okay. and he was like, shotgun, well, why don't you just get a handgun, then you can take it everywhere with you. And I was like, okay, fair point. And then he points me to a, like a twenty two and I was like, I don't know. The whole thing was a mess. Sure. <laughs> and I have a feeling that a lot of first-time, I guess, gun buyers – you know, they walk into a, a firearm store and they kind of have the same issue or situation going on. So
1: yeah, I don't know too many people that had like a cool first gun. Yeah, most people have a story similar to that. I know, <laughs> and
3: that's I mean that's one thing that we're trying to change here is first time gun owners like get a Glock 19, yeah. something like that. You're doing a great job. Um, but yeah, the uh, so from there it just kind of snowballed, and then I stumbled upon the. And the T-Rex stuff and that got me amped up to start training more and more and more, and then getting a little bit into competition USPSA, and it just went from there. Um, and then it's it, it's funny because kind of around the same time that I got into guns was also the same time I got into doing all the media. Because you
1: think it was fueled by just trying to make cooler content.
3: Yes. Okay. I I saw some pretty sweet videos online of like shooting montages or sequence or, or whatever it was and I was like, oh that's that's really cool. I never thought about doing videos like that. So <clears throat> I wanted to like basically start producing my own media to market myself. And also, at the same time, kind of um, record my progression with shooting.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so it just, I don't know, that's just kind of how it happened. Um, and then I, I was just progressing at shooting and also progressing with the, the camera work and the editing. And I, too, am also self-taught. <laughs> Everything that I know and have learned has all been many late nights on YouTube and forums and just researching stuff online. So,
1: When it comes to this stuff, is there a good point for information that you just kind of can point people to? Or is it just scattered throughout the Internet and trial and error?
3: It's... it's it's scattered like youtube is a great source for um learning pretty much anything Mm -hmm. but you also have to know (laughs) i guess filter out you know some of the bad info from the actual good
2: info yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of creators on youtube but um there's all you know uh, um only a certain number of those are actually producing uh, good content that I want to try and copy or I wanna or I can gain information from so uh, you kinda have to filter uh, through a lot on YouTube but if you look for some of the bigger accounts you can find some some good quality stuff and after you start looking for that and start uh, you can <clears throat> and. and start seeing what good quality content is you can start uh, weeding out and just listening to the the guys who are good you was know.
1: the first time you filmed somebody's shoot was it lucas
2: i think it probably was
1: so walk, walk me through that uh initial <laughs> sort of like he's got a gun he's shooting in that direction uh mm-hmm. that's happening i'm conscious of it but i'm also trying to uh create and have these angles and, and all these things walk me through that, like kind of initial experience, what was going through your head and how did you overcome some of the challenges that maybe you saw?
2: Right. So I think honestly, the, the, the first shoot that I remember doing with Lucas, we did some crazy stuff, and probably <laughs> some stuff that I would not even we'll do it. right now. Please do tell. us. I, I want to hear all
3: the stories. Right. Uh, now.
2: So, so we uh, Lucas came over to. Uh, um, uh, I was still living at home with my parents, and uh, he came over to my parents' house, and um, we just we had this like bank that we could shoot into, and he brought a whole. He brought like he had a couple of guns and we, we borrowed some of my dad's guns and uh uh just shot some stuff and created some some cool photos and, and cool video. But we tried like a, a whole bunch of different stuff that was just, you know, with me downrange, um, you know, off angle a little bit and uh it wasn't it it probably isn't that Looking back, it seems kind of crazy that we tried that stuff the first time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Did you ever have a moment where you were like, "Do I trust this guy? I do trust this guy?" Or were you just sort of enamored
2: in your? That's in happened your a couple of times over yeah. the years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. So like working, um, that was my first time shooting guns, and he, um, Lucas has a has a great um, grew up. Uh, just uh, watching and analyzing uh, good films Mm -hmm. and so he really came with a vision to emulate a lot of the stuff that you see in Hollywood and um, get that look and the angles uh, from Hollywood and so that that is something that he um, helped me a lot with was like hey let's try this angle or why don't you get down and uh, get an angle kind of up from the front, and let's try this. And then um, I would have ideas that we would try out, and it was kind of a slow progression where we figured out what would, what would work, but also what was safe. And um, and and so we did, even though that initial shoot was kind of, it wasn't crazy, but it, it seems um, just for our, our initial shoot, the fact that we tried some of that stuff is kind of crazy, but we we did. It was a slow progression over the years. So I was um, I knew his skill level and his competency, and got to uh, feel very safe around that. And I knew um, what was safe to do. And so um, for a lot of our runs, um, some of this stuff is on spur of the moment um and for those runs we'll play it i I will play it safer when i'm filming him but um if we're able to i would say most of our most of the runs that we do at the range we talk through ahead of time okay here's where here's what the course of fire is here's where i'm going and then um and he'll either say hey luke or hey charles why don't you get this camera angle, or I'll be like, okay, you're doing that. I'm going to be here when you start, and I'm going to be here when you end. Um, And that way we both know what the other person's doing, and so we can keep safe.
1: When you're on the range, is there quite a bit of pre-planning that goes into it then?
3: I would say so. Yeah, for the most part, yeah.
1: Definitely. So, so Chad, when was the first time that you sort of made the decision to upgrade your equipment? So, I personally, when I'm filming shooting, I zip tie my iPhone to a tripod. (laughs) No way. And I do. (laughs) I've I've honestly, it's crossed my mind getting better equipment, and I'm just kind of curious how uh, you sort of came to those decisions to upgrade your equipment for better content.
3: Yeah. So, I originally started out, you know filming stuff on a cell phone i think like most people do Mm -hmm. and you know those sleepless nights on youtube i just was watching a a lot of these creators and you know they'd be talking about camera and gear and stuff and i i finally just kind of pulled the trigger and was like if i want better quality image images Mm -hmm. and better quality video um I'm going to have to get a better camera and I started out small because my budget was very small Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up with a uh, like a Canon t7i which at the time was I was like oh man this is this is really hot you know it was like the full camera kit was like I don't know 600 bucks came with a couple of kit lenses and ended up buying like a somewhat decent mic, and I was like, man, I'm I'm really doing things, you know? This is... (laughs) And just kind of learned on that, and uh, so that it just, same thing with the guns, you kind of start out smaller and work your way up, it's a snowball effect, and you get into learning about other, you know, I guess, like, rifles, AR platforms, and, like, there's so much, and then it's like same thing in the camera world. You know, you have your lower end stuff and then it just snowballs into, you know, kind of um, some more expensive equipment and better brands. Or
1: When was the first shooting event that you went to where you didn't have any plans to shoot anything but a camera? Or have you done
3: it? Shooting events.
1: Just going to an event, yeah, like going to a range just to film.
3: Or that's the priority. Oh, you mean just to film. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, I don't know. Back when I was a teenager, I used to film skateboarding.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah. So you (laughs) came from that kind of, uh, that different hobby, right?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, my buddies and I, we would film skateboarding videos and stuff, but I never really thought of it. As that is like the start, but I guess that was kind of the genesis of the whole videography game. Is there some parallels
1: Um, with the the movement
3: and the angles and such? You mean filming or skateboarding and and shooting? Mm -hmm. Um, Like filming them? yeah, Yeah, there's a little bit there. Okay. Yeah, just you know, figuring out best angles and and whatnot. It's a little bit different with. I guess because when we're filming shooting and say you've got Lucas running this course of fire, you're running around with him. We're skateboarding the, I guess, subject is on a skateboard, obviously, and then the, the filmer is actually on a skateboard. Oh, really? So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's kind of similar, just in different ways. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I I don't I haven't actually been to just an event where I would shoot video okay. that was not shooting.
1: Well, That makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. I not mean, this, go to a range and not shoot.
3: This kind of I dove into this pretty hard into the shooting industry, and that's I haven't really strayed away from that until I guess recently. Okay. We've been shooting a bunch of overlanding stuff, and yeah. But So 2020
1: has been pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a fair statement. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charles, walk me through a little bit of uh, seeing the impact of T-Rex content on a much larger population of people. Obviously, with all the unrest and uncertainty, there's a lot of new gun owners. And I imagine the, uh, the priority of your content to people's learning has exponentially gone up what's that been like just kind of watching that curve and, and seeing a, another level of importance to what you do?
2: Yeah, this, this year has definitely, uh, been crazy with all the, the, uh, unrest and, and the virus. Um, but, um, it's been great seeing, um, a whole bunch of new people, um, interested or, uh, seeing the, the importance of having guns and, I think um, we will sit sit down and throw around some different ideas on videos that we could do or what types of different content that we could do that would be interesting to people and he- also helpful to to people so there is there is a, a lot of of um, planning that goes into that aspect as well because honestly we could be doing a whole lot in regards to um, the types of content that we put out but um, there's we we do try and make sure that it it is helpful ed- educational and then also um, something that that uh, we feel like our audience um, or our viewers would appreciate and we do with the different videos that we do we do like um not every video is going to be interesting to um seasoned gun owners it's specifically for uh newer gun owners like uh, earlier this year we mm-hmm. produced the how to shoot a pistol in 10 minutes um that video and that was a really great concise um video breaking down just the basics of shooting a pistol and um, I think that video was really well received obviously with the surge of gun owners, new gun owners So how how uh, do
1: you guys pique a new shooter's interest? Like, How do you go about uh, marketing a video towards somebody that's newer and sort of hooking them almost like the first sentence in a novel or the first
3: chapter? I think it's the uh, the The catchy taglines on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I think it's the the quality of the video mixed with the information that's in the video is what really just kind of is a brutal force to be reckoning with as far as content is concerned.
1: Have you sort of perfected the art of piquing a new shooter's interest over the years here? Because I would say you have.
2: I think we... Uh, have done a pretty good job at, at that and a lot of that comes comes back to Lucas uh, some people may not know but Lucas up until probably a year year and a half ago Lucas handled pretty much um, 100% of the video editing he did all the YouTube videos um, all of the Instagram uh, videos like, uh, for a long time there, I was just shooting the content and he would take care of editing. Um, so that a lot of that comes down to him um, just tr- um, making a video um, interesting and what he what he enjoyed um, and what he would have wanted as a teenager growing up. Um, so and that's that's kind of what we've tried to, um, produce is like what content do we like or what what do we enjoy and then does that line up with what other people would enjoy and-
3: yeah it's crazy I didn't know like Lucas uh, I didn't know he was such a big part of all the editing prior to coming on board Okay, and you know I, I remember a couple of times where I'd be sitting down and working on video clips or whatever and he'd be like, oh, why don't you do this and this? I'm like, what? <laughs> You're an editor? <laughs> yeah, that's it's that's, that's funny. I But I think that's one of the reasons what makes this team so great is, you know, even Drew knows how to edit a little bit. Mm. And Charles was talking about, you know, kind of Luke's background and then obviously us two. So we all have this, like, creative mindset and we all are like bouncing ideas off each other so it's pretty cool so you
1: you dropped your life in another state packed your bags moved across the (laughs) country to come here I did Uh, obviously yes you you know have a position and a salary but what is it that uh, really fueled that change what was uh, inspiring you to come out here join the team and start working with you know Charles and the guys on media what was that that really fueled the move
3: Oh, geez. Um, well, I was very much into guns, and I was very much into the cinematography aspect okay. of things. So, you know, back home, obviously, I that wasn't my full-time gig mm-hmm. back home. And I wasn't ne- necessarily unhappy back home, um, but I wanted to make videography and photography a full time career sure. and um, taking that side of things and really creating well produced media and information to you know kind of disperse to the public uh, there was really no other company I would want to come on with sure. except for T-Rex Arms yeah. and you know, that's what kind of drove me, was being able to have have the opportunity to be a part of this team and <clears throat> produce videos on, on gun rights and, um, you know, all of the training videos that we're doing and what they've done in the past. Like, I just wanted to be a part of all that, not that I was a crazy fanboy back in the day, but. I mean, I kind of was. Yeah. Right, like. I
1: mean, we probably all were. Yeah, point, you
3: know? <laughs> yeah. It's like watching Lucas shoot was just like I didn't know that was possible.
1: Yeah.
3: I didn't know that was a thing, and um, so yeah, it just I don't know that drove me, and it was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, when I got a job offer, it was just like, well, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my. My parents were a little sad that I left, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, I I can understand that from their perspective. Uh, Charles, since you've been here, have you gotten uh, testimonies or messages about people thanking you for, you know, getting them into this sort of mindset of being prepared and, you know, taking it upon themselves to train? I I know Lucas is the shooter, but I think the way that you both, you know, depict him – is a big component to that. And I'm just curious if, you, uh, if you've gotten any messages or testimonies like that, and if you have, uh, what kind of impact did that have on you?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's, um, I've received hundreds of messages at this point over Instagram, uh, just thanking me for the content that I produce and the work that we produce here as a team, uh, but just also um, usually including, like, this has either helped me want to produce better con- content or produce better videos, um, you know, it's, it's either that or it's like, thank you for the amazing uh, content that you guys produce. Like, this has helped me so much in my journey uh, becoming better prepared and stuff. So that is encouraging to me to hear because... Um, uh, um, that that helps me uh, want to strive better and produce better videos for people. Yeah, so.
3: I mean, I was I was one of those people too back in the day. Like I looked up to Charles sure. and some of the stuff that he shot. I remember the uh, the very first night vision video with the the uh, night vision Sony's Sony camera. Mm. At the end credits of that video, Charles was talking about the camera setup and how they were able to get some of those just ridiculously insane sweet shots and i was like oh this guy's this guy's a wizard (laughs) he's he's a camera wizard is what he is and yeah so it's a little of
1: that innovation uh, for that camera to even be
3: what it is so it's basically the camera with the ir filter removed okay so you're able that the camera is able to pick up the IR spectrum, so you can see the um, the IR laser, the IR illuminator, and it gives it kind of like this this pink hue, I guess. Um, I mean, Charles knows more about only shot with those cameras maybe a few times, but is it the yeah. first
1: of its kind then?
2: Uh, well, so people have been doing IR conversions on their cameras for years or having it sent to a place to do that. Um, but I had never really thought about filming with it and I don't think many people have. Um, I think there's a very niche or niche, um, group of photographers that take IR photography photos, but it's normally during the day, but you don't have a lot of people using it for what we do. So it really was kind of a, a, a first-of-its-kind video, um, and we had a lot of people reach out to us afterwards uh, asking, like, what did you use to shoot that, um, and can you give us more details on the setup? So we've, I've fielded a lot of questions about that particular setup. It's funny because if you see some of the
3: clips on Instagram or something, people will be like, what? Is that a Viz laser? Are what or you're running a? Is that the light on the gun? It's like, and then you have like a hundred people swarm that comment and be like, "No, man, they're using like they have the Sony camera with the IR filter removed. So now it's it's uh, out there what the secret is. Yeah. What that, creates so. the
1: light that makes it almost look like sunset or or almost daylight sometimes?
2: so uh moonlight um and the the camera is so sensitive The the a7s2 is um so sensitive to that light that especially with the ir filter removed it just lets in so much light and uh we turn the iso way up and open the aperture way up and and uh moonlight turns to turns to daylight basically and then um of course we we tweak the colors to make it look cooler and put our own style on it but um i think that's that's like uh really where the the first video uh people had never seen that before and we were getting uh flares we were getting lens flares off the off the moon and uh it's <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> incredible yeah, yeah. incredible.
1: So that that kind of video is uh, is unique in its kind of capturing. You're both uh, you know gun rights advocates, and uh, I'm curious. Let's start with you, Chad. What's uh, what do you see the relationship between videography and photography, and uh, changing the overall perception on guns in America or even the world, really? Ah, uh, there.
3: I think it just all boils down to quality co- content, right? Mm-hmm. The, more, the, the more quality that you have in the content and the message that's in the content, people are going to listen to that, they're going to watch that, and you can basically attract a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that boils down to changing a culture, right? Like, pretty much what we're trying to do here at, And T-Rex arms. So, yeah.
2: I would say the just how we're able to produce the content, even from, um, you know, six or seven years ago when Lucas, uh, around the time Lucas started the company, you didn't see videos like the ones that we did. Uh, You'd see people, you'd see, you know, uh, videos of guys shooting from tripods or um, you know, behind the, the, you know, behind them at a gun range, like you didn't see the angles or the, the, the movement, um, that we put into our videos. Um, so being able to show that and being able to show that, uh, you know, you can do a lot of stuff with a gun and still be safe with it and other people can be around you while you're operating that gun, that helps, um, normalize that in a way where um people can uh, are not so afraid of it and uh because and then educating people about guns as well and providing them with that information um because once once we're afraid of stuff that we don't understand Mm -hmm. and so providing um the information through the videos that we do really helps people be a lot more comfortable with guns and um we've heard countless stories uh through instagram or people reaching out to us um where they say that that after they after watching our videos they're inspired and they go out and buy a first gun or um get start training and start dry-firing, and that's great to hear.
3: And it's not even just the firearms. I mean, it's the kit, too, right? Like, we're talking about plate carriers and plates and, you know, staying away from from steel-plated armor and all that stuff. You know, we're trying to change the the culture, man. Um, Like, with the kit, I just never even was like oh yeah I need body armor and a <clears throat> plate carrier and stuff and uh, you know it wasn't until I got watching some of the T-rex videos that I was like oh you know he's right yeah. even even if I don't need it it's better to have it yeah. you know that whole situation so how important is your
1: shooting skill level to your content creation?
3: it's important um I mean just for me in general to me it's super important because you know for just to stay um firearm training it is a uh shoot what's the word I'm looking for A perishable skill. Sorry, I was drawing a blank there. It's a perishable skill. So, for me, it's super important to keep up on that skill set and to make sure that I remain sharp. Mm -hmm. In case there is a situation, God forbid, but in case there is a situation where I do have to use my firearm in Mm self-defense, I want to make sure that all those boxes are are checked. So, the... Uh, just training is is super important so I try and keep up on that all the time mm-hmm. and then with the you know, shooting the camera stuff that's also important because that's my full time job sure. and I always want to be growing in that area as well and always, always bettering myself so those two things in my life are, are super important um, yeah. the first time I
1: ever saw you on Instagram it was like the ghost was unmasked almost and you were shooting at the range, and I just remember like being shocked. You know, like, damn, be pretty good. Uh, how important is your skill set to creating your content?
2: Uh, I think I think it is important, especially knowing uh, firearms and being around firearms. You um, that really helps me when I'm taking pictures or. Um, uh, or filming just to make sure that things are in order. like uh, you know, uh, if I'm taking a picture of the gun, hey, maybe make sure the safety's on and um, the mag you know the mags are empty and you know, like I'm checking the rifle um, before. so being familiar with firearms helps me be safe around it when I'm shooting. Uh, but also um, if I'm if I'm filming someone, I'm able to say, hey, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> that was a that was a bad run or um let's do that again or uh that that's not going to look okay, let's do it again. Um so being familiar with firearms I think for both of us has really um been uh key to the job that we do here.
1: Yeah. So you, you guys have a lethal gun going off most of the time that you're working. How does that uh, present some unique challenges, and
3: how do you guys overcome them? I just, I don't even think of that being, <laughs> sc- I guess, quote-unquote scary anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we're, we're just so used to it, and the, obviously this whole crew is extremely safe, so that's not really... Some of the angles that we really want to try and get... hmm you know, we may be limited because there is a lethal force, force being shot down range, you know.
2: And it messes with our gimbals too. Yeah. 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 And the. Yeah, that's true too. Sometimes the brass. So sometimes the muzzle blast will be so strong that it'll uh, make the gimbal go crazy. But then also, uh, just yesterday, uh, Chad had some brass.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, I was filming uh, Drew, and they were they were shooting AKs, so the the casing to the round is a little bit bigger. And uh, you know, he was just shooting or whatever, and I was trying to get some really tight close shots. And the brass being ejected out just like kept hitting the lens, and that honestly, that like uh, that force just crash the gimbal pretty much and it freaks out and camera's like going in every which direction and it's like cut 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 we have to retake but um yeah so those i mean those are some of the challenges but do you guys think that it's uh fueled some
1: unique innovation just within your your group here like the night night vision camera or something along that lines
2: yeah it's well and we're we're always trying to find tools to help us better sh- uh, uh, help our job make our job easier at the range or um, improve improve what we do at the range uh, so we've tried a number of different camera setups and gimbal setups and uh, different mic setups because um, we we have had problems with uh, gear or equipment go down on us and uh, so we've we've had to adjust over the years and kind of figure out what works best and um but we're going to we have two new cameras coming so we're going to have to uh readjust and kind of figure that all out uh again here in a couple of weeks
3: yeah the uh the the, <clears throat> the other guys on the team are you know always testing new firearm products and kit and stuff where Charles and I are always testing new camera equipment and and gear so it's always always evolving but so speaking of the
1: horizon uh, what some goals or some aspirations you have coming up in the future uh, with both shooting or geography
2: i guess um for me here just uh continuing to find uh new ways and interesting ways to uh, produce content on a higher and higher level um, we've lately we've been experimenting with just some different lighting, different color, um trying to um improve our our color grading and our um just our editing and get it up to that that next level of stuff. We've also been like this year we've we've been working on sound, sound design on some of our uh projects.
3: Yeah, this this year was the first year t-rex started doing live streams on youtube and you know that took some time to kind of adjust to the setup time and everything that's involved and then trying to mainstream
2: that well yeah that building uh, i guess we went we went about it a little bit differently um than maybe some people do but we were just um we wanted to live stream, and uh, so we started building. Um, <laughs> their first live stream was—we uh, had very basic equipment, but we were able to get it done, and we did it. And then the next time, it was better. Just kept building and, and building. So and was
1: then... was the challenge kind of to have the same quality in a live stream as you guys would uh, edited video? Is that kind of what was placed before
3: you? Yes, pretty much. Um, you know, lighting, picture quality, sound, all of that. You know, we wanted to produce basically a live TV show. Okay. And that's, that's kind of the effort that we were trying to put into the YouTube lives. Um,
2: yeah, we still, we still have some, like, plenty of room for improvement on that, but we've come a long way, and we've learned a lot just um, every week. Or each week, experimenting with something new and trying um, something new, or or uh, we'll go online and and look at different images from uh, movies or TV shows and say, hey, we want to try and emulate that this week, and uh, that's helped us a bunch, kind of up our game each week as we do something.
1: Do you guys both uh, either film or uh, take pictures of something other than guns that helps you sort of sharpen your skill when it comes to creating content?
3: Yeah, I mean, just for example, the the past few weeks, we haven't really gone out to the range to shoot a whole lot of content, there's just been a bunch of other stuff around the shop that we've been having to, you know, do, so going to the range was not a top priority, Mm -hmm. and so I felt, for me personally, um, you know, I felt weird kind of taking a three-week hiatus from filming at the range, Mm -hmm. so... You know, Charles and I have been filming a lot of, like, vehicle stuff over that time and that, and then actually yesterday, we were out at the range shooting, and I noticed while I was shooting video and shooting photos, taking that three-week, like, hiatus, I just felt like I was on top of my game, even more so than, than, you know, prior range days or whatever. So... Uh, yeah, I think I definitely feel like shooting some other aspects aside from, you know, firearm stuff is, helps sharpen your skill a lot. Do
1: you have something that you, uh, that you do that's not shooting, like, the work at all?
2: Yes. So, occasionally I'll do the, I, um, some portraits or, um, uh, engagement photos, um, but uh what i what i really enjoy and what chad and i have been doing um uh over the past couple of months is shooting some um just some off-roading and uh vehicle stuff and uh, adventure and travel stuff is kind of what i was into before i got into guns and so i really enjoy the uh doing that aspect and and just getting to work in different environments and different lighting um, just helps keep my creative edge um, going and uh, helps it keep it interesting as well.
3: Yeah, we uh, so Charles and I actually shot a short film that is not T Rex related at all, cool. and I think being able to do that has given us a lot of creative ideas. That we can bring to T Rex and help make you know the the media department even better. So,
1: how are you guys' styles different,
3: or are they more similar? Well, I just try and copy Charles. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
2: I would say there's there's little differences. Like there's you edit you edit photos in a, a little bit different style, and that's like it's a it's a great style, um, kind of for the for the t-rex we kind of have to mesh our put our own personal editing aside and kind of do what uh yeah because t-rex works. has a,
3: a certain branding look yeah, that yeah. you know they're trying to go for so well
1: and the reason i asked the question is you guys seem to complement each other well
3: oh i appreciate that yeah, you
1: just seem to yeah. you know work on the same page but from i i know when you're creating content or you know shooting with the camera uh, that's a it's almost an art form or is an art form. Yeah. And so no two people do it the same. And so I, I was wondering if uh, the difference in, uh, you know, perspective has helped you guys sort of grow in that
2: that form as well. I think probably so. Because, like, Chad will choose to shoot, you know, products or photos um, while we're out at the range uh, a certain way. And and um, he'll choose a certain lens that he really likes. And then you know I'll I'll choose um, you know sometimes I'll choose uh, a different different lens and we'll we'll get different angles. So I would say that we kind of we have our different styles, uh, but I I do think that those mesh really well together when it when we when we bring it all together in the editing room. This
1: year has that changed? your guys' approach to producing content?
3: Oh, absolutely. Just for example, the dry fire video. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things right now is ammo shortage yeah. and the insanely high prices of ammo to, to the point where a lot of people can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So producing a video on how to dry fire, I mean, that goes with the climate of the situation. Sure. Um. So yeah, we're always, you know, I guess kind of whatever the is happening in the world is what we kind of evolve to, as far as the the content that we're producing.
2: Right. Yeah. Trying to stay, um, provide helpful, relevant topics uh, to what's going on. Um, I think is important.
1: Yeah. If you could change one thing about the way people produce gun content uh, on Instagram, specifically in YouTube, what's one thing that you think that people could do better, specifically in our community, if there is one? Maybe there isn't.
3: Uh, Stop being a shill. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, for real, though.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think um, understanding, I think understanding the importance of the Second Amendment is is not just about uh, sporting rifles or for hunting, but understanding it, that it's a tool that you can protect other people's lives with as well as your own, and that it's um, super important and should be commonplace today. Um, so I think. I think keeping that in the back of your mind, um, you know, there's some, some videos out there where it's, uh, it's just full, always full auto Friday or something, you know, it's just, and those videos are fun, but, um, reminding people that, uh, this is, this is something that is important and, um, there's skills to be learned here.
3: Yeah. I, you know, are Right. To the to bear arms could be taken away tomorrow, mm-hmm. and it's like we, you know, we need to educate people on on that, and that, um, you know, freedom can't be killed, but it can die out. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of people, like what Charles was saying, there's far too many videos of you know how many plates will this. Uh, how many places does it take to stop a nine millimeter or whatever? Mm. Those are all fun videos to watch perhaps, but you know we're more about educational content and and the rights that we do have and, and that they could there is a potential for them to get lost.
1: Is it frustrating for you guys when you see somebody with a good media skill set using it for, clout or whatever, you know, whatever negative aspect you want to throw in there.
3: Yeah. There, uh, there's a couple of companies that, I mean, they produce, they have really well produced videos and they look great, but there's, there's nothing educational in there. hmm And I, I really wish, cause some of these companies are big name companies mm-hmm. and I really wish that they would get that educational side of the second amendment and, and push for that. But
1: yeah see the same thing
2: yeah i would i would echo what chad said that's we follow a bunch of um, uh, media companies and different uh, of course different firearms companies on our um, social media and so we we keep track of what's going on and what content uh, different companies are producing and um, we kind of will we'll gauge that and kind of say hey that's something that we want to emulate or wow let's not do that so um, or how can we take the visuals that they did but provide like the meat behind it and the info behind it so this is kind of
1: one of my last questions but how do you guys uh, as content creators prepare for uh, the escalating censorship that we see
0: Oof.
3: Just take it one day at a time, to be honest. Because you never know from one day to the next what it's what it's going to be like. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, our YouTube live got completely nuked by YouTube. Do you and prefer to
1: just stay the course, or do you prefer to sort of curb the content maybe
3: with the censorship? I would prefer to stay the course and keep fighting the good fight but sometimes you do have to mold your your content around that Mm -hmm. for example the live that got nuked well the past couple of weeks we've hopped back on the youtube lives and we have kind of curved around what got that particular video nuked so not showing any gun handling in the YouTube video.
1: So in some some scenarios, you do have to sort of hold on to that ability to project your message rather than just going under?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it would be better to continuously put out educating facts and, and knowledge and talking about history and stuff and kind of curve away from... This is how you build out a rifle, like you know, so
2: yeah, because because we can still get that info out, you know, on our own website and uh, def- different media outlets, but um, still reaching people uh, through different means um, is is important to us. And so I think I think it's kind of finding that balance and writing that edge of uh, how can we produce a video that's educational without you know violating the terms of service or whatever but i think the especially this year especially seeing so much censorship on on um a lot of stuff that isn't even in the firearms uh, world but um the, like the i think for the past couple of years um you know we've seen different censorship especially with firearms but This year is a perfect example of so many things that don't have anything to do with um, that you wouldn't we wouldn't have imagined last year are being censored this year. And uh, I think that's a big wake up call to all Americans and and, uh, to just realize the beast of um, that's out there that is uh, the social media companies and they're taking advantage of the platform versus publisher spot that they're uh they're kind of trying to ride both lines and they can't
1: what have you seen since you started here has it been kind of an exponential increase in censorship or has it been slow and steady
2: uh for our accounts specifically i think it's it's kind of come in waves um and that would that would be a question for some of the other guys but um, who handle the, the social media accounts. But, uh, you know, that is something that we track. Some videos do really well. Um, some don't. And, uh, so one of the things that we, I think the algorithm, uh, that actually scans the videos has gotten better at this, but, um, it used to be where it was better to not put hashtags on your photos or your videos. Um, because the hashtags were uh, censored or that would trigger the, the algorithm. So for, for a long time there, we didn't even use different hashtags just because it, we actually got more reach by not using them.
1: Have you seen a big disparage between censorship from just being a solo shooter content pre- creator to moving in with a team?
3: Uh, well, just, just from my personal account, from when I first started it. There's, you know, a thing called shadow banning. Yeah. And that's very much real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been periods on my account where it just didn't matter what I did. I wouldn't see new new followers. You know, the content I was putting out was shadow banned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming here, it's it's actually surprising how I guess how we haven't gotten shut down at this point, how T-Rex hasn't gotten shut down at this point. So I don't know. I, you know, even if all of the social media accounts got shut down or my personal account got shut down, we have backup plans in place to still continue to produce the quality and educated content that we're putting out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We have plans you know for that so there is still able so that we're still able to reach our audience Yeah. so
1: you think it's going to be uh pretty bad the next four weeks
3: something? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> i, I hope we... i hope everybody's ready <laughs>
2: yeah i i would say i uh, i don't know just uh in the stuff that i've been seeing i would i would think uh this the end of this year is going to get uh interesting um but uh And that you know it's I I'm preparing um, just in in small ways Uh, um, who knows it could get could get like what we saw earlier this year with uh, the riots and what we saw last election with the riots Uh, I fully expect we'll see more of that this year
3: yeah I unfortunately have to agree um, Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I wish things were different. and I wish we could get back to to normal. But after this year, it's just kind of like, what is what is normal anymore? You know? Yeah. So.
1: I know it's Friday and you guys are at work, and so I'm not going to hold you up too much uh, longer. Yeah. But uh, I just I want to thank you both for uh, not only your skill set, but using that skill set for uh, the the good that you do. I, you know, I think it's invaluable to to gun rights and to to people that want to, you know, just protect themselves and, and live peacefully. Uh, not everybody has the skill set to shoot, and most people don't have the skill set to film, and then to combine them is a unique, yeah. invaluable skill set. So thank you both for for what you guys do for the community.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, Charles is a great shooter, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though he hardly gets in camera time, yeah. I will say charles is is a beast behind a firearm so i've I've never seen it but i've
1: heard that (laughs) yeah yeah
2: i get i get i put down the camera every now and again and and play around
3: but yeah man it's uh this has been great you know
1: it's an honor to have you both on yeah man uh, thanks thanks for having us
3: on i mean thanks for having us being considered for podcasts or whatever is great so
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah All right, well, until next time, everybody, I'm your host, CJ Boxroot, and this is Empty Brass.